Hi everyone, welcome to The Drip, podcast hosted by four academics of color who like to talk about everything. Each episode, we choose a book that we'll all read and we talk about and hope that that conversation will lead us to a broader discussion of culture, politics, society, all the stuff that keeps us gabbing when we're hanging out in coffee shops, which is where we are right now. So hold on, we're about to start The Drip. Here we go. All right, so we're going, so if you want to... Introduce yourselves, maybe this way. Yeah. Um, I'm Adriana Estel. I teach American Studies and English at Carleton. I didn't prepare it all for this, so what else do you need to know about me? Um, I love reading, but I also love TV. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> yes, and I'm Crystal Moten. I teach African American History at McAllister College, and I love books and libraries. Yay, libraries! Oh, yeah, libraries. <laughs> um, I'm Anita Chikatora. Anita Chikatora has a lot of stuff in my name. You can ask me about it if you know me in real life. And I teach educational studies at Carleton College. My name is Todd Lawrence. Uh, I teach at the University of St. Thomas. I teach African American literature, folklore, and cultural studies. And I'm responsible for recording this. <laughs> Go, Todd! It's my fault. All your fault. <laughs> I do and feel like I should clarify that yes. I do Latino studies, Latino literature, just because everyone else is like really ethnically identified. And I, I'm not. I, you know. I just said I'm educational studies, but maybe my whole spiel about my name was like, I'm ethnically confused. <laughs> 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 Damn Americanized names. <laughs> All right, and so. oh yeah, and this is our podcast. Yes. Yes. We're going to talk about books. Um, and just FYI, we're going to talk about the books. So if you you know, haven't read the book, go read the book and maybe then listen to our podcast. Yes, so the eternal spoiler alert. Right? Eternal spoiler alert, <laughs> yes. exactly. If Forever and always. Book, and you haven't read it, don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> and we also won't summarize the book. That's and so we're just going to jump into it. I mean, not now. I'm just saying. We're yes. Gonna... <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you said you had some questions. Oh, some... you know. Well, we should tell them what book we're reading. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so our first book is Kindred by Octavia Butler. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Although, I, you know, looking say at when books, it's, oh, I'm just different. realizing it mm-hmm. says 25th anniversary edition on yours in my copy. But when was which, the 25th? Uh, reminds me just how... 79. 79. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which actually was one of my questions about sort of thinking about when this was published. Mm-hmm. Reading it now, right? Kind of mm-hmm. what that means. No, I think my first sort of vague thing was like, I don't remember if I felt this way when I was reading it the first time, but I'm like, what is the deal with Kevin? I'm like, I don't get him. And, like, I don't get why Dana's with him. I'm like, he's so annoying. And, like, mm-hmm. his willful sort of resistance to, like, her experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, in these ways that I just, I'm like, I, yeah. That's a very good question. <sighs> Any ideas on this? I mean, eventually, we're all literature people, so I feel like so eventually please, you want to find some fine. quotes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't we can actually even like start with, like, I think what I was thinking, and it sort of came up when, like, the last time she comes back right. before she kills Rufus, the right? Uh, yes! Mm. Yeah. Mm. I was like, I... Uh, let's see. Some of our podcasts will be flipping pages. I'm just kidding. Think about what's 242 or 243, maybe. Think about what the novel will be like, though, without Because I think he does breathe. He brings Mm -hmm. something to the novel in that 
that whole thing about whiteness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he brings that into their very relationship, right? Because right. We could, you could have, you've got the Waylands, you got Tom and Rufus mm-hmm. back in 1819. Right, or right, right. But he brings whiteness into that very moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I get sort of like for the novel, yeah. like the kind of what, why he's useful. Mm-hmm. I just like as a person, not person, but like as a character right. mm-hmm. in relationship to Data, I'm just like, you are annoying and mm-hmm. you, unsupportive. You no no You're redeeming like, characters. Yeah, why do you love this guy? Why do you love this guy? Mm-hmm. Right? And like mm-hmm. there's like that. Um, so we'll come back to this part, but there's like this quick sort of thing where she talks about how he would always ask her to like basically be his secretary. And it sort of just gets passed on. I mean, like, you know, she kind of remarks on it and like Mm -hmm. happens and I was like, uh, that's not cool. Like she's a writer just like you. And and I, I strangely enough, well not strangely enough, but I saw that as kind of a description of nineteen seventies gender mm. politics yeah. in okay. in America. That okay. you know this gender politics, well actually intersectional politics, right? So the intersection of race and gender and what Kevin expects her possibilities to be as a writer, even though she's a writer just like him, he still mm. is affected by the disease of sexism mm. and racism, and so he can't possibly imagine that she wouldn't be doing secretarial work for him. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And she's definitely resisting that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, yeah. in, the, in the 70s, this would have been seen as kind of a significant resistance, and you're seeing it through today's lens. Yeah. True, sort of true, like, true, yeah. Although I feel she, like she also doesn't start out resisting it, right? Mm-hmm. That pre-being yeah. pulled back into the past, mm-hmm. like the transformation mm-hmm. for her is different than the transformation for him. Yeah. Sure, so that's which, right, absolutely. that's right. Which would yeah. make sense given like who they are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, because I think it was kind of an interesting parallel, right? Like when actually Rufus asks her to like write his letters, and mm-hmm. so that's like when yeah. you know, yeah. she was like, and you know, she sort of mentions that Kevin would also do that, and like mm-hmm. obviously she chooses to do that there for different reasons, reasons right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, so this is the part, uh, so 246, right? Um, you know, for initially, right, he's sort of like, oh, right, because I think this time she'd come back because she slit her wrists and, like, she was dying, and that's mm-hmm. why she sort of comes mm-hmm. back, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's going on? And so, um, you know, I'm not property, Kevin. I'm mm. not a horse or a sack of wheat. If I have to seem to be property, if I have to accept limits on my freedom for Rufus's sake, then he also has to accept limits on his behavior toward me. He has to leave me enough control of my own life to make living look better to me than killing and dying. Mm. And then Kevin says, if your black ancestor had felt that way, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> I'm like, mm. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I yes, and like, really? Right. Like, who are you to say that at this moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so then she goes on, and then um, I guess like he's still asking, right, kind of what happened. Uh, and, he, and she says, uh, where is this? I told you when I when all this started that I didn't have their endurance. I still don't. Hmm. Some of them will go on struggling to survive no matter what. I'm not like that. He smiled a little. I suspect that you are. I shook my head. He thought I was being modest or something. He didn't understand. Then I finally realized he had smiled. I looked down at him questioningly. He sobered. I had to know. And do you know? Yes. And that felt like the truth. It felt enough like truth for me to not mind that he had only half understood me I'm like okay like which on her end like I get that right like I get that like she had to just be like make peace with right the fact that he would he can't, he can't understand it yeah. um, 
but I would say I'm annoyed with him. And I think I was also annoyed when, and I get that, like, for him, it was, like, five years, remember when he gets trapped. Right. But I feel like when he comes back and he's so, like, annoyed with her, and I'm like, dude, I get that this is, like, a rough transition back for you, but mm-hmm. your partner, like, I don't you know, know if we can or should like Kevin. Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's a way in which we start out with this kind of like she talks about it as um, like this hurried romance, right? They're yeah. working at the same warehouse. They're both in some ways under in this labor market right. where they're underappreciated given their capacity. Yeah. And he's older than she is, right? And they they fall in love and they move in super quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the novel, in some ways, is not just about getting pulled back into the past. It's about this accounting of. American history that yeah. weighs on their bodies differently. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin comes out much the poor, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's a reckoning that has to happen mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. She loses an arm, but like he loses, like, I don't know, it might be too melodramatic to no. say he loses a soul. Mm-hmm. Like huh. he, we see mm-hmm. him as having, because he can't accept yeah. being part of that history. Mm. Oh, interesting. And that's a, I think okay. that's a big part of what the book is getting at too, right? Is like you, I think what you said is is so right that it's not just about her going back into the past; it's about the connection between the past and the present. Yeah. So mm. he, we see him as a sort of resistance to what she's experienced in the past, which is which would be what would be happening at that very moment, even if she hadn't gone back but, in the past. I mean, yes. that's yes. white society, which re, which mm-hmm. refuses to sort of accept Except, the reality. Yes of slavery mm-hmm, as it mm-hmm, happened, right? Mm-hmm. And that's still happening today, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so he, he's, he's sort of that character. He's, mm-hmm, that's embodied in him. Mm-hmm, and even though, mm-hmm. I mean, even though she loves him, um, she has to deal with all the things that are sort of, he represents or are a part of him, which are also pressing her at the same time, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it sort of reminds me of, um, um, well, I'm not gonna talk about that. But anyway, it just reminds me of the ways in which black and white people in American society are like siblings, or, or you know, in some in a relationship which is complicated and it is painful, and there's also love there. And this shows that, right? I mean, the whole thing about like we gotta go, ba- I gotta go back in time right. to save my white great great grandfather, right. whatever he raped my, you know, yeah. like the whole setup is so messed up. Yeah. But it's us, right? right. Yeah. No, I was so you you stopped yourself at you know before talking about a similar example, and I'm just going to drop a similar example because right now this discussion is reminding me of um, John Sayles' Lone Star, mm-hmm. which um, is really about Mexican and white, and then to some degree African American relationships on on the border. Mm-hmm. And there comes this moment at the end, and I won't go deeply into it, but you have the Mexican American woman and the white guy, and they're sitting side by side looking at this empty drive-in screen. Um, and she turns to him because they have this messy, bloody history, and they both love mm. each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she looks at this empty screen and she says, "Forget the Alamo." Mm. <laughs> and the movie kind of leaves you there. Like John Sayles is brilliant because you know you can't forget the Alamo. All we have are kind of representations of the Alamo and like this repeated kind of insistence on misreadings of the history of the Alamo, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And yet they still have to attempt to imagine a future mm-hmm. and so it, it's so <laughs> you, you, would you not buy it no <laughs> and I get that this is like my 2017 lens on this and I think I just I'm like I want more for data like I get that like we all like as a society like yes right 
I like totally we have to kind of like deal with these kinds of things and like of course there's sort of reckonings mm. that need to happen or don't happen and you know and all of these things but I'm just like she deserves so much better <laughs> if Dana were here right here right now I would be like girl <laughs> tell me about you no I just feel like and whatever she obviously <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to not let my identity as a black woman think about what I would tell Dana about dating a white man in 2017. Mm. I'm not going to bring You're not gonna go there? I'm not, I don't know if I should go there. I, I feel like we should. should I, I can always edit it out. Yeah. I, 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 want, I need to let it marinate a little okay. bit more. I mean, I think that is kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I am not a black woman. But I was just... I think I think about it, right? I mean, sort of these histories of violence in intimate relationships, yeah. right? And yes. violence, yeah. obviously, physically and sort of yes. what is um, happening right. to her in the past with Rufus and, mm -hmm. you know, but also just histories of, like, experiences of violence that are about yeah. not understanding, erasing, about, mm -hmm. right, not supporting or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about, I, I, I'm just, as a, as a black man who's in a relationship, an interracial relationship, um, it took many years and I would still actually not say that um, we are sort of over thinking about the issues that mm -hmm. you that are involved in what you look like um, yeah. what the history is yeah. um, you always sort of think about those stereotypes which are mm -hmm. we, we internalize you right. know as part of the as part as members of the culture mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I think this relationship is no different mm -hmm. I mean I, I'm with you because when you say sort of like from the beginning, like why Kevin? And I think that it's mm -hmm. true that he's more of a, um, uh, of a, like a technical character, right? Mm -hmm. Like he serves the, the plot and he yeah. serves the mm -hmm. themes of the book more mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. he serves her as a, as a spouse. As a you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because yeah, it does seem, sort of seem like, but she needs somebody for the mm -hmm. book and she, right. and she needs somebody to make those, um, those ideas come across. Um, but it's just, it does sort of serve to highlight that messiness. Yeah. The mm -hmm. ways in which like, all the misreadings and misunderstandings where people, where the um, cousin thinks that uh, Kevin has hit her right. mm -hmm. yeah. and yeah. she mistakes Kevin for Rufus and like all mm -hmm. those sort of like, yeah. you know, that that's that works really well for the yeah. novel to True. show True. the messiness of the relationship yeah. between black and white people in the 1800s, in 1976, yeah. Yeah. in yeah. 2017. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. why do you think, I mean, we can. To talk about why it's set in 1974, that feels like done, right? Like, I mean, we can all figure out why that's there. But why California? Why is it not just a kind of time travel book, but also a kind of geographical displacement? Oh, that's interesting. Well, well you know, the, my immediate thought is as thinking about the way we think about race in this country being a north-south dialectic, yeah. oh. right? But setting in it California makes us think, okay, maybe this is, maybe the conversation about race is national and thinking about yeah. her putting this out in the 1970s where the scholarship even sees race, slavery, the civil rights movement as something that happens in the South. And then the North and the West gets exempt from kind of grappling with the legacy and the history of race, racism, hmm. slavery, civil rights. I like that. Yeah. 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 Especially because I went to see this really, I, I don't know if I, I think I've talked to maybe at least Adriana about it, but um, Kim Gonzalez Day, who's this um, art, artist, his artist, and like a, he sort of did this whole series of 
photographs where he's actually did all this research also into lynchings in the West mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, definitely African Americans but also a lot of Mexican Americans yes. and Chinese yeah. Americans and Native Americans mm-hmm. and he talks about how like even now like they're like the Tuskegee Institution apparently does not count those mm-hmm. as lynching that, yeah. right mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so just to kind of think about that right, right. Sort of like how do, do these like racial formations happen and all these mm-hmm different like geographical locations but yeah but that we don't think about california Mm -hmm. we think about like as much right right think about like the impact of slavery yeah and in some senses as i was reading this i actually lost sense of place because Mm. it seemed like it could actually be anywhere in In which location or time period (laughs) oh oh in the in the 70s context yeah um yeah that i didn't I, uh, yeah, I quickly lost sight of the fact that um, uh, Dana was in the 1970s in California mm-hmm. um, and quickly just began thinking about this could be, and actually I would, I've, now that I think about it, I didn't think California, I actually thought more so urban north, hmm. urban north, because um, I didn't situate the contemporary moment in the South at all. I would have to go back, right, and think mm-hmm. about it more textually, but mm-hmm. I feel like there is a reason why California is kind of a site of national amnesia, mm. right? Mm. It's the Hollywood, mm. it's the kind of like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. re-representation mm-hmm. rather than the thing itself, mm-hmm. a kind of like um, Gaudrillard, kind of like mm-hmm. Simulacra, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so like in some ways that makes yeah. sense to me that you it receded in your mind. Yes. Because also that's happening for her, right? Like the more she goes and the longer she stays, yeah. the more that like 19, early 1900s geography and yeah. experience overwhelms the way she's moving through the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually I found that some of the most powerful parts of this book is like the way in which the she moves through the world and has to think about her embodiment mm-hmm. and her interactions with others right. and then kind of like internalizes that. Mm-hmm. And that's the really in mm-hmm. some ways frightening yeah. part. Yeah. Like the yes. physical violence that she might experience always paled in comparison to the psychological violence. Yeah. And I think like that's also a little bit of a setup there, right? Because I feel like, you know how she, when she comes back to her present time, she has to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So she's actually not having interactions with present right. day people. Right. people. Yeah. Right. Um, so I wonder right. if that's also part of, mm-hmm. and obviously it's also the time is like when she spends in um, the 1900s, uh, 1800s, it's like months, right? Mm-hmm. She only comes back for hours and days. Right. Um, in present yeah. time as well, so I think some of it is that. But yeah, I just think it was like, yeah, she's home alone, right? Like mm-hmm. mostly, you kind of mm-hmm. not interact with mm-hmm. people. Honestly, by the end of the novel, I was actually pretty anxious. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I found mm-hmm. it really nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right, yeah. 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 And the the last time she's there for quite a while, right? Or is it? There's no, one I that's think fifteen it was days, the, and then that right, yeah. and then the next one's pretty quickly. Quick, yes. But she does have fifteen days. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right, because then Kevin... And he's like, you should just forget about it. See, you know, that, was, over, that was my other... <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Dana, we can't stay cooped up in this house any longer waiting for something that is... And I'm like, dude! <laughs> dude, you don't have to go back. Back, right. Exactly. But you right. think that he would have remembered what it was like. Exactly, because you know? so, he was but, there for five years. But his experience is completely different. Different, yeah. true. Right, like, true. He right. never really understand what she's going through. Even yeah. when they were there and they were talking about it, yeah. and he says things like... Um, you know, this plantation doesn't seem as bad as I thought it would be. You know, and she's like, uh, you know, like, well, that's because you're in the house. And right. And you're not out here, right. you know, in the cabin with us, you know. Yeah. And, you know, so he, he just, his, his, his position as yeah. a white man would not allow, even mm-hmm. when he says, oh, I was helping Denmark Vesey and I was doing all this, 
his position as a white man <laughs> will not let him. I was like, is that like, I was with Dr. Martin Luther King. Right, right, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's what we really don't know, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Look at us, we're so cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't he in some ways set up to be kind of looking a little woke at the beginning because he's actually in right. a relationship with right. a black woman? Well, yeah. Well, you, ask, yeah. you ask the question, like, why does he come up to her and put it on? He puts it on pretty strong, you know, like, come on, you me good man. Mm-hmm. Right. What is he, why is mm-hmm. that, you know? Wait, what does he put on strong? Well, his come on, you know, yeah. like, uh, when they're trying to date her, he's the one yeah. who initiates it. And right. She's yeah. not really wanting it. Yeah. yeah. And he's remember he buys her lunch right. and everything, right. and I know where right. you've been and all this, and it seems you're like, okay, so this is sympathetic, but like, why does he single her out and mm-hmm. put the pressure on mm-hmm. so quickly? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what are his Motives. motivations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Although I do think like that little like quick thing that they have about how. Um, he thought that his sister would be totally cool with him having a black um, wife. And, like, like, I don't even know her. Right. right. And I'm like, like, we actually got, like, in this 1979 novel, this performance of wokeness. Right. Right. <laughs> that eventually kind of gets eroded mm-hmm. as we see his yeah. confrontation yeah. with mm-hmm. what it actually might mean to be woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the utter, so, it, but even those five years of discomfort, like, he's still, yeah. that's the thing that's really astounding yes. about Kevin. But he can still be dense. And at the end, like, he's in that, it's at the moment that he says, we can't stay cooped up in this house, Dana. Right. right. And then suddenly she's gone. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course, because it could happen yes. any, I mean, obviously that right. setup is a particular kind of right. moment, right. but. Yeah. And actually, th- this this conversation is getting back to why I didn't want to comment about interracial <laughs> relationships, We're connecting the past to, to the to the connecting the past to the present. Because I think when I think of particularly Black women who are so insistent on dating within the race, it's this fear of having to deal with the Kevin mm-hmm. that uh, the Kevin appears to be woke, appears mm-hmm. to be down for the cause, appears to understand culture, appears to be an intersectional feminist. But when you get him. <laughs> When you get them in the in the trying time, mm-hmm. yeah. you see the colors really come out, right? Mm-hmm. And then what do you do with that? Pun intended. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so my the question I'm thinking about, you know, regarding this is, and this is a totally unfair question to ask, but. <laughs> but I'm gonna how, ask it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're thinking about whiteness and wokeness, mm-hmm. um, what does it take to make Mm. white wokeness really wokeness you know what mm-hmm, i mean like mm-hmm. or is the the um mm. what she's showing us here in this book is that there's always like you said there's always the potential mm-hmm. because when you're standing in that position of privilege yeah. that's always going to be primary like it is right. so difficult to, right. to um, let to give away the privilege or to let go of it right so that you can actually see and i know this i mean like as a yeah. as a man with male privilege you mm-hmm. know i'll, I'll from the mountaintop, say I'm a feminist. I'm, the, but there are so many times in a day where I find myself saying, "Todd, Todd, don't, don't say that, don't do that." Right. You know, like you've got to constantly be checking yourself. You got to constantly right. be thinking about the ways that you're privileged. And he is not doing that at all. Oh. It doesn't seem. And I think some of it is like, how do you know that you don't know? <laughs> and I, I get that, right? Like I do get that. Like at some level, that's mm-hmm. difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I have some empathy right. for that because, right. like, obviously, we all have our own sort right. of places where we don't see what we don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, I think also it has to do with whether or not you require 
other folks or yourself to keep snapping you back to wokeness, right? And so in the text, we see Dana having to keep snapping him back, like saying, no, 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 <laughs> you know, no, right? So when does, when the, the, the wokeness, you yeah. should be able to wake yourself up. Mm-hmm. And Maybe that's the, the sign. I mean, that's yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going back to the early stages. So right, mm-hmm. the first trip, Dana does herself, right? The right? mm-hmm. very first one? The very first one yeah. when uh, Rufus was drowning, right? Yes, like yes, yeah. Um, is it the second already then when Kevin uh, manages to go with her? Yeah. No, with the, the, oh, no that's the third, oh, yeah. Right, right, third. yeah. Oh, because the, the second's the right. fire. Right, okay. fire. Mm-hmm. The third one he goes with the... With yeah. the broken leg. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and uh, page 65, hold on. Uh, and you know that they've mm-hmm. they've figured out this broken leg, mm-hmm. and they've like gone to get Rufus or gone to get Rufus' Nigel. father. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin made a sound of disgust. I wonder how long we'll be stuck here. He muttered. I think I'm getting homesick already. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he really is positioned. I mean, anyone would be super threatened, and like it would be yeah. alienating to be taken back in time. But she's already done it twice, right? And so maybe you think a little bit less about your homesickness <laughs> and a little bit more about what it means yeah. as a black woman mm-hmm. to be in this place and time. Yeah. It's just really self-centered from the start. Yeah, yeah also yeah. I think because he's had the benefit of seeing her go and come mm-hmm. back, he knows that well, it'll be all right. Yeah. So in, in essence, he's had to, he's seen the trauma that a black woman has to endure and knows that he won't have to endure it for long. Mm-hmm. Wow. He can frame it as homesickness. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like what's gonna happen here. Right. 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 I mean, even like before that, right? So there's like they have that conversation where so Rufus like looks at Kevin and says, Oh, you're not as bad as I thought you'd be. Bad? Kevin looked at me accusingly. I'm like What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't make her navigate this way. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright. No, I understand Kevin from like the literary perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is. Well, he, he, de- yeah. he deserves to get what he's doing. <laughs> but you asked a question that was kind of in my head. The question I'd had, which I thought was parallel to yours, was what would we want him to be doing? Like, say, mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. time period mm-hmm. when they're together at the plantation, mm-hmm. what would it look like to have had a woke Kevin? Mm-hmm. See, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just going to take a stab at it because. I'm going to take a stab at adding to that question because I wonder if it would be sort of very difficult in that specific plantation mm-hmm. context right. for him to at all do mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or because, like, so the things that he tries to do to protect her always get her in more trouble. trouble. Yep. Come sleep in my room. Let mm-hmm. me come and, you know, let's go talk. Right. Right. Uh, whatever it is that he's yeah. trying to do that he thinks is going to protect her mm-hmm. is always putting her in more jeopardy. Right. Um, yeah. it, it almost feels like mm-hmm. in that plantation, unless he's at the top of the hierarchy, right. mm-hmm. he can't mm-hmm. really do anything mm-hmm. um, unless he allows himself to be put at the bottom right. where he won't, it, yeah. he won't go. Because yeah. that would be yeah. unsafe for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uncomfortable. Or uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's and true. actually, I don't think he annoyed me as much when he was on the plantation as much. Because mm-hmm. right? I feel like I like I agree. Like, I think he had less control about how, you know, sort of what to do or, like, mm-hmm. figuring out what to do. So I think he annoyed me more when they actually were in the present Sense. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like he actually had much more control of it. Mm-hmm. 
how yeah. to think about things, how to say things, how to like mm-hmm. support your damn wife who's like mm-hmm. gone through this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I don't think it's, I mean, some of the things that he says annoyed me a little bit, but I guess I, I also felt like he was much more constrained and mm-hmm. yeah, what was I, I guess possible. I don't mean, I'm not trying to defend him or anything no. necessarily, mm-hmm. but I think um, they're both in a really tough position yeah. there. Right. But he, but but he could do it, but like he has yeah. to. He would have to give up something that he's not willing to give Interesting. up. Interesting. So let's zoom back and let's say that actually means that both time periods they're not that different. Right. Right. Yeah. He's constrained by particular expectations, societal, mm. cultural at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if he were to go against them, if he's going to believe the black woman in his life, mm-hmm. right, like at mm-hmm. the end, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. has to kind of be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. In, but. I- and you know, as a historian, I want to push yes. back of and, and saying that kind of the time frames are similar because I think in the earlier in the earlier context, actually he has more to lose hmm. than the the nineteen seventies context, and so understood I understand why taking a risk in the eight in the nineteenth century would be more difficult. He could actually lose his life hmm. in the nineteen seventies, though. He, he could he could take he could take more of a stand you know if we think truly about this moment that they're in um, 1970s is in the context of the women's movement mm-hmm. in the context of uh, people standing up and standing out for gender justice and so why couldn't we write that into his possibilities mm-hmm. right he could have done it in the 1970s um, mm-hmm. but instead and I think perhaps maybe his grappling with that moment is that oh I'm gonna date a black woman and that's how he's standing up and standing mm-hmm. out for gender justice in some way and Justice. And racial justice, yeah. wrapping it all in one. Um, and so, oh, sorry. I go was ahead. just going to say, do we get kind of like a glimpse of that political culture of the 1970s beyond the fact that it's set mm. in 1974? I don't think, I don't like, think so. That's the metonym for her, right? It's mm-hmm. like, let me talk about this declaration of the bicentennial celebration. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was alive in 1974, unlike a couple people at this table. Um, <laughs> I was too. Yeah. No, I was not. Um, and I will tell you that even as a quite young mm-hmm. person in <laughs> coming into my own. <laughs> I was four, so I had a sense of self. <laughs> I wasn't even a thought. <laughs> Okay, that was cruel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but the bicentennial celebration was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This kind of like, oh, this is a you know, 1776, 1976, the yeah. birth of our nation. Yeah. In a, a yeah. good way, right? Let's recognize mm-hmm. like our equality, mm-hmm. our um, kind of like we've come to fruition as this amazing country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like. Uh, the, the, it's the only metonym for the political culture yeah. is like mm-hmm. setting mm-hmm. the story up against uh, kind yeah. of like the myth of democracy. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Right. Which right. is interesting because I was actually thinking about 1876 and I was thinking about 1876 as the moment in American history where we lose an opportunity because that mm. that's, signal, that's signal, signaling the end of Reconstruction. Uh-huh. And so we had this moment right after the Civil War and supposed emancipation where there was supposed to be possibility and opportunity, um, but Reconstruction, the end of it, actually ends all of that. And then we get in a moment where there's a re-narrating of the Civil War mm-hmm. period and, and, a, and a, re, a recasting of black identity, right, where hmm. black folks are not able to have been participants in creating their own freedom. Hmm. And so I I was thinking about this book in, in contrast to that, to the 100 year anniversary of 1876, oh, wherein then we think, okay, well, this story fits right in. Um, I love so, that. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, 
not but and mm -hmm. um, this is sort of a slightly different because one of the other questions I was thinking about is like what does it mean to read it in 2017 mm -hmm. so I'm curious about it I mean you sort of brought up this phrase of kind of reimagining black identity right mm -hmm. and sort of the role that right sort of black folks played mm -hmm. in sort of right, right the struggle for freedom so I was kind of curious about like in 2017 where we've had you know sort of the remake of Roots we've had 12 Years a Slave yep. we've had um, The Birth of a Nation mm -hmm. we have Underground mm -hmm. um, so I'm like mm -hmm. curious about mm -hmm. like how do we read mm. right actually the stories that she tells of the folks like uh, the black folks on the plantation and sort of the various ways in which that they coped and survived and resisted and com like mm -hmm. how is that different kind of reading it now right now mm -hmm. that maybe we have a few more stories mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of resistance-ish mm -hmm. <laughs> right mm -hmm. I mean I think um, maybe Underground is like the most yeah, sort of straightforward sort of story of resistance, but mm -hmm. um, like Toys Slave, two maybe I don't know. Like I know those are more complicated narratives, but I don't know. I, I'm just kind I'm of sure Crystal will have a ton more to say about this. So I just want to say I was surprised at how timely Kindred still felt mm -hmm. and how meaningful you know it was to me. You know, as an important way to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I actually I was um, in thinking about your question as I was thinking about the resistance, one of the things I was gonna mention about kind of the significance of Kindred is the ability of Octavia Butler to recreate this period from the perspective of black women. Um, and her doing this in the 1970s is a really kind of, um, you know, she's on the vanguard of thinking about, mm -hmm. even though it's in literature, thinking about actually black women's history and what mm -hmm. does it mean to write something from a black feminist perspective. Mm -hmm. And so as I was reading this, um, it felt familiar to how I teach my students mm -hmm. about resistance being kind of everyday quotidian yes. resistance. Yeah, about your research. Um, yeah, th yeah. And, and thinking that particularly uh, resistance is gendered in the sense that most black women were not a part of these upscale uprisings that we tend to think of when we think of um, of revolt and resistance mm -hmm. during the antebellum period. Most of them were doing everyday things to kind of carve out a semblance of freedom and space in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think of Stephanie Camp's work um, on rival geography and so remaking mm -hmm. the, the space around the plantation to make it more habitable for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I think of how black women had to navigate the relationships they were in mm -hmm. and creating space in that way mm -hmm. by rethink, uh, rethinking resources. Mm -hmm. And so in this, um, in Kindred, I see Butler at the avant-garde of thinking mm. about, uh, rethinking um, black women's history um, and her being a part of this conversation that was actually happening in the 1970s with black women mm. writers, you know, so there was um, The Black Woman by Toni K. Bambara that uh -huh, comes out, right? right? And so there are all these black women who are trying to bring black women's black women writers voices to the fore mm -hmm. and so Octavia Butler is a part of this 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 resurgence um, that's insisting that black women's voices matter mm -hmm. um, and and for African American women's history it, the the field is being developed and so okay. we don't really have kind of a, a historical book yet in the mm -hmm. early 1970s that's come out we mm -hmm. have the collection of uh, that Tony K. Bambara writes but um, she's really kind of pushing us mm. to rethink how we think about history mm. and black women's place in it. So I saw this as mm. resonating and yeah. being in kind of the the um, the same kind of sphere of black well, feminist writing. We can see writing. her engaging mm. with the tropes yes. of slavery right. and yes. black women in particular, right? Yeah. The way that she counters 
like who is Sarah, right? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. kind of yeah. position that she might hold in mythology as a kind of black mammy figure, and mm-hmm. yet she's like, no, right? right? Like right. she is right. not that. Yes. Right. Or the, I mean, really like getting to know Alice yeah. over mm-hmm. the course of the novel, mm-hmm. um, who is her great, great, great grandmother. I guess the yes. same generation as Rufus, right? Right. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. what did you think no. of Alice? So, I mean, because, you yeah. know, we can talk a lot about, of course, Dana. Right, But in right. some ways, she's still there as an observer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not as someone who actually has to survive that period of the, the full time. time. Right, yeah. Right. right. But just quickly, I totally thought about your research, and I'm so glad I went to your talk. <laughs> I was like, this is the kind of work that amazing well, work that Crystal's doing. Bad, you should tell it's okay. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. But, like, this is, okay, you know, supportive. from now on, we need to make a pact that we'll tell <laughs> Go to everybody. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, but I feel like, I mean, you know. want to do them in, like, Villa Brunswick, so I can, like, manage to get there. Well, I'll give you a, a, an immense heads up. In April of 2018, okay. <laughs> I'll be giving a lecture through my college's Humanities Forum, and I'm going to use it as an opportunity to kind of think of some of the big um, takeaways from my book project mm-hmm. uh, about black women in intellectual activism. And so, oh, excellent. yes. No, so. but I feel like the big point that you made there too, yeah. right, was like these women were fighting against labor injustice and in their like everyday work lives. Exactly. Right? And you, yeah. know, you might not know about them because they weren't necessarily marching and they weren't necessarily kind of doing those things. Right, right. And I was like, right. yes. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So yeah. I was just like, totally. Mm-hmm. But all right, Alice? Alice. Oh, did you, yes, yes, yes. No, well, no I was just going to say that. Um, to sort of piggyback on what you're saying, but then not to uh, to avoid your question. We, no, that's okay. We can get to um, later. But because uh, but, I want to talk about Alice for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, just to sort of say, you know, this um, tradition in the 70s, this is really when the, the neo-slave novel comes to the fore, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really a, a, a response to everything that you're talking about. Um, I'm thinking about the ways that white historians in the early part of the 20th yes. century had cast yeah. um, slavery as this sort of you know nostalgic thing, mm-hmm. this sort of lost, yes. sort of uh-huh. aristocratic, right. um, highfalutin culture, whatever. Okay. Well, you and have so, the whole restoration of the plantation, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the way in mm-hmm. which like actual place is yeah. molded right. to that inventive. Yeah. And then you have the actual like plantation tradition novels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind, you know, yes. Which is earlier, like yeah, yeah, 40s. Well, 40s, I okay. Think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but there's like a whole tradition, like in the 20s and 30s. Okay. Um, where there, actually, even goes back a little bit earlier than that. But the, these writers are responding to that, and I think they're responding um, particularly to um, William Styron's mm. novel, Confessions of Nat Turner, which is like ah. 1968. Ah. Um, okay. and, I had and, forgotten about. Right, yeah, and so mm-hmm. like where, and that was like huge controversy, right? Because yeah. I think he wins the he wins the Pulitzer for it. Mm. Huh. Um, and there's actually a book called uh, Ten Black Writers Respond to, oh, yeah, right. and so and, and it's not good. I mean, they're not uh, happy about the book. Yeah, um, because he's they're not happy an, about the original book. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. it's another. They see it as another white writer yeah. trying to sort of insert themselves into slavery. Yeah. And he asks questions <laughs> in that book. Um, like, why would Nat Turner do what he did? Yeah, <laughs> and I think too, that's what Seriously? he's sort of imagining. He's imagining answers to that to the question. Mm-hmm. So, which is like, okay. oh, he's in love with this uh, young white woman or something, and she doesn't um, reciprocate his, you know. Yeah, that's but, why. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he has a couple of sort of sh- shots he takes at it. But of course, anybody who's thinking is like, he's a slave. So right. 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 <laughs> 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 he's a slave. Right. So people don't like, like to be slaves. <laughs> So I just think like it's, it's oh, really th- this is one of the reasons why I love this book so much in it, mm-hmm. and it really speaks to mm-hmm. you know not just us but a lot of people yeah. is the way that it really engages 
like you said, the everyday sort of workings of slavery mm-hmm. from the viewpoint of the slaves themselves. Yeah. yeah. And how she imagined, you know, that I just think of, I always see that cookhouse, you yeah. know, with mm-hmm. all the women. Yes. And then, you know, men coming in and out of it, but yeah. mostly it's a women's space mm-hmm. and the way that they engage each other. And that can bring us back to Alice because, mm-hmm. like you said, Sarah, Alice, mm-hmm. and Dana, that the relationship between, between them is so rich and complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Alice changes so much yeah. mm-hmm. over the course mm-hmm. of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I think you really understand why, you know, I mean, and what she's been yeah. put through. Right. I mean, to me, that like, this, the hardest part of the book is when Rufus makes Dana yes. go yeah. uh, and talk to Alice. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, essentially solicit Alice mm-hmm. for his, him to rape her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? How, talk about you know putting some people in difficult positions. Yeah. Um, and I still am not sure I know you know how to deal with that yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know maybe. I, crushed the conversation but no. no I think we're not just mulling it I, I, uh, I think I also really appreciate the representation of Alice yeah. um, because right there's like um, I, I'm not going to get this out perfectly but I feel like there's a core of anger but then also like because that makes sense right mm-hmm. Her, the man she loves right. is dragged away mm-hmm. um, but then also then there's this kind of growing bitterness over time because the initial kind of like quest for freedom once denied becomes this eternal kind of um, it's not just slavery right it's I don't have words Mm -hmm. she's paying for her slavery essentially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or paying for like not not increasing violence Mm -hmm. in the world that she inhabits Dana Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so like Mm -hmm. uh, sex with Rufus is staving off particular other features mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right right um, mm-hmm. and she's making that choice not just for herself but in some ways also for Dana like Dana's in a super complicated position where she has to want that union right because otherwise she sees it's too oh, right. Right, right. but she also of course sees the violence and the ongoing violence of it right yeah and, and she remember when she also oh, no go ahead no, I was just, when when she says, maybe I won't do it, Rufus. He says, well, I'll make you watch me beat her. Yeah. If that's what you want, then you make your decision, mm-hmm. right? And so what? I mean, what is she? She. I think it shows how there are no choices. Right. Exactly. Right. There are no choices. Yeah. This is a quick superficial thought but I was like she does you know kind of think about all these like right it's kind of the trope and like these sci-fi things where time travel happens where you're like worried about like mm-hmm. the ancestors you know you're doing something that causes your ancestors not to get together and therefore but it's like this versus like this you know back to the future like kind of, kind of th- right like kind of thinking about this right and like how weighted right right this is versus something like because I'd get tropes used in so many ways and I feel like she uses it for such more impactful sort of way right mm-hmm. um, but I did find the part where like first he asks her what page um, 164 uh, so he says do mm. and he says help me Dana mm-hmm. that's a superfice yeah. and she says I can't you can you and nobody else go to her send her to me I'll have her whether you help or not mm. all I want you to do is fix it so I don't have to beat her mm. you're no friend of hers if you won't even do that much hers. Mm-hmm. He had all the low cunning class of his class. No, nope, I couldn't refuse to help the girl, help her avoid at least some pain. But she wouldn't think of me much for helping her this way. I didn't think much of myself. Mm. Yeah. 
It does feel too, right? Like they're in the initial trips back, right? She spends so much time thinking, how do I help him see me as a person? How do I help Rufus? Him see, yeah, Rufus. Yeah. Yeah. How do I help Rufus see all black people right. as, as, as Be- human beings? Be- right. Um, and so, I don't know. I like for the first few trips, I was like, I don't know, a little hopeful, mm-hmm. right? Little kid. And, um, right. Right. I, I know that's not the point of the novel. <laughs> no. But, but I it was sorry. I think what the novel does is actually helps you breathe that hope, and then it shows how that hope is absolutely useless mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. the situation, the economics, right. uh, social right. situation at the time. Right. No, my look of frustration was more that I feel like that is still the conversation we have, right? Mm-hmm. That we still need yeah. to tell people, certain people, that certain people are human, and I'm like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, that oh, should so just be a given. Given. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, even just... And I obviously understand why she has to do it, but I feel like that's still something that we feel like, right? That, that yeah. we have to be ob- we have to be explicit about people's humanity in certain ways. You that could take the brutality of the police yeah. and kind of leave yeah. it onto Rufus's story, mm. and we see a similar. similar. Story. It's not even police brutality, though, right? Like I'm not even talking about like that explicit kind of violence. I'm just talking about in everyday lives yeah. where we're moving about the world, and some people get to mm-hmm. do what they do because they're human, and like other people get right. questioned in what they do. Right. In mm. every. Mm. To, to me, isn't the the most frightening aspect of that is how easy it is for that to happen. Right. You know, I think you mm-hmm. can see that in this book. I mean, the, the plantation mm. shows us that it is possible to have human beings walking around you all the time, time. and mm. to um, deny their humanity, even as you see it every mm-hmm. single day, right? Mm. And if, mm-hmm. and that, and it seems so yeah. easy. Yeah. And it's so easy for Rufus, even though he he, mm-hmm. he knows Dana mm-hmm. is a human being. He knows her, you know, and they have mm-hmm. this um, burgeoning kind of relationship over over time, and 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 he still resists, you know, treating mm-hmm. the woman he supposedly loves right. as if she were a human being. But it's so yeah. easy for us in that moment. In this moment, mm-hmm. because and, and even in this moment, we don't even have to be around the people that we don't right. think are human, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and we don't even have to say it out loud. loud. You just you just go about your business and yeah. you don't do things that you would do for human beings, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. just live, right? Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. easy. It's too mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. And then you blame their lack of humanity on them, <laughs> right? Right. Because right. if only yeah. they were human like me, right? I would recognize them as human, yeah. right? Um, so I also want to, I don't know if people wanted to take a look at the conversation she ends up yeah. having with Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, this is on 166. Uh, I can read, but other, if others want to read, that's fine too. <laughs> you go ahead. Okay. Um, nice reading voice. <laughs> says, all right. Okay, so this is Alice, and she says, yeah, now tell me what you came here to say that you don't want to say. Mm. I looked at her startled. You think I don't know you after all this time? <laughs> you got that look that says you don't want to be here. Yes, Rufus sent me to talk to you. I hesitated. He wants you tonight. Her expression hardened. He sent you to tell me that? No. She waited, glaring at me, suddenly demanding that I tell her more. I said nothing. Well, what did he send you for then? To talk you into going into him quietly, and to tell you you'd be whipped this time if you resist. Shit. Well, all right, you told me. Now get out of here before I throw this dress in the fireplace and light it. I don't give a damn what you do with that dress. Now it was her turn to be startled. I didn't usually talk to her that way, even when she deserved it. I leaned back comfortably in Nigel's homemade chair. Message delivered, I said. Do what you want. I mean to. 
You might look ahead a little, though. Ahead in all three directions. What are you talking about? Well, it looks as though you have three choices. You can go to him as he orders. You can refuse, be whipped, and then have him take you by force. Or you can run away again. And even, like, I think it's later where she says, okay, I am going to run away. And then, then she says, no, I can't do it. You're cold out there. You're hungry out there. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And running is just not really. Mm -hmm. Even though she does it twice, I think. Yeah. Right? So, mm -hmm. right, we get a lot of, I mean, it felt like a lot of failed runaway stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both Dana's and Alice's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is helpful, right? Because I think, uh, at least from this perspective, 2017, you know, that's the first question is like, well, why didn't you just leave? Right. <laughs> and here they cover in such detail, right? Like, well, Actually, uh, the geography is tough. You don't right. necessarily have a map. Right. So, like, how do you know where to go, go. if you don't have a map? Right. Most people aren't actually going to support you. Right. So, who do you turn to? Right. Who's going to right You're not going to be following the drinking gourd. Mm. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Don't <laughs> 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 forget about the patrollers. You know? Right, really? right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. And everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, it's, mm. it's, uh, it's, it's an extraordinary person who's able to escape and and successfully, mm -hmm. um, but it's a, an extraordinary person who can sort of even imagine right. that possibility. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, right. I mean, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. there are probably many more stories of escape than we sort of right. know in history. Right. But when you compare that to the people who didn't go leave, run, right. it's a small percentage oh, yeah. of just how difficult it is. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, like, what happened to people who did get caught. Mm -hmm. and right, like, right. I mean, I'm thinking right. about Isaac. Right, yeah, because you're right. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, this is, well, I mean, the, the, you know, the more we talk about it, the more, um, and I, you know, I've talked about this book a lot, and taught mm -hmm. it and stuff, and the more I talk about it, the more powerful it gets, mm -hmm. you know, it just, mm -hmm. I think it just captures, yeah. you know, this is, a, you know, you were talking about um, earlier, the um, Afrofuturism, you know, and mm -hmm. I, think, mm -hmm. I think this is, to me, part of the um, real appeal and, and power of Afrofuturism, yes. Um, yes. because it's not just about looking at the future, sure. it's about reconsidering the past yes. from yes. a different point of view. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you know, you have, I mean, it's not really about um, technology as the mm -hmm. way that we think about it, but there is a kind of like technology that's happening that um, mm -hmm. that somehow facilitates her right. back, yeah. going back, right. it's unexplained, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but it's allowing us to then reconsider, re-see, yes and mm -hmm. rethink mm -hmm. um, slavery from this this yeah. moment right you know in the future right. and and it really is about how she how dana is going back and confronting the everyday experience of those people in that time exactly that really brings it to life force mm -hmm. because she's our you know we identify with her mm -hmm. right as the mm -hmm. people in you know closest to her time yeah and um mm -hmm. and and her her fear about how this will change me, mm -hmm. her it, the danger of having it yeah. be internalized, yeah. mm -hmm. um, how Rufus thinks about her, how Wayland yeah. thinks about what all these sorts of things, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's that it's her going back and being in that place. Yeah, yeah. That animates the book. Right, and I feel like in some ways, right, in like sci-fi books, it's like that how she gets there would become like the right. interesting, like right. you know, let me write like ten pages about the right. cool technology or whatever, right. and it's like for her, like that's not the. That, that's what makes aspect, it better. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, that too. And and although the premise of this novel 
kind of requires that she she intervenes on the past in the way in a way that would kind of guarantee her present survival mm-hmm. we also see again in this reimagining of the past her it makes us grapple with what a future could look like right if we really mm-hmm. think about the perspective of slavery every day, the everyday violence of it, the psychological toll it takes, it really asks us to think about, okay, well, what does this mean for a future that we could create? And, and I think that's what, I think that's why I think Afrofuturism can be so productive, because it really asks us to take stock of the past in your present moment in an effort to reimagine the future. Um, in a way that's not traumatized by the past. So looking at the past holistically um, so that your future could be could be a different one. Right. But of course, this is why it has to be a white guy she's married. Yeah, right, right. 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 Because there's a way right. that uh, the kind yeah. of reckoning that has to happen yeah. is not just about this particular matrimonial pair. Right. It's about yeah. white and, and yeah. black America mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mm-hmm. relationship between them. Yeah. They're kind of allegories at right. that stage. Which makes me think of a title. Mm-hmm. Um, because kindred, of course, is about like this kindred ship. Is that a word, kindred ship? Mm-hmm. With um, kinship? Kinship. 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 I knew I was like getting it somewhat it wrong. Like I'm like, I don't know. Where's the anthropologist when we Kinship. A sociologist. But you know. Read some anthropology there. Yeah. Of course, like part of like this points to Rufus and Alice in particular. But then it's also about Kevin and about building family ties as allegories for larger social communities. Hmm. But it, and it's a really like I mean considering that move towards the future because I totally agree with you right it's about constructing how can you have possibilities for the future when you can't even account for yes. the violence of the past, past. Right. Right. yes mm. yes and that's what, as as Americans that's what we continue to do over and over yeah. and over again is, right. is resist that accounting yeah. I mean uh, Baldwin's always talking yes. about that in his yeah. writing right. Um, that we need mm. to face our past mm-hmm. before we can move forward, forward. right? Right. Mm. And I think right. this book is very mm-hmm. much about doing that, but mm-hmm. it, as you say, that allegorical level to yeah. it brings it to mm-hmm. us in the present moment. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to, like, honestly mm. and comprehensively, yeah. you know, face that past, which is painful. Right. 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 It hurts. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're, right. Gonna, you're not going to be the same after yeah. you do it. Yeah. Right? You might lose something. You might lose something. Like an lose arm. Something important, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, maybe we should deal with both um, killing Rufus, mm-hmm. um, at least as far as we can tell from the scene, yep. and then yeah. this kind of epilogue, which I love, mm-hmm. yeah. um, where it's really just about... Uh, we're going to go back to this place that we've never been to in current time. Right, right. And we cannot, we cannot know what happened right. after we left. Right, yeah. right. And it's almost like it's not really there. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, like they just the, have to, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, what was the only thing they, like, they found the house. Mm-hmm. But the house yeah. was gone. The house was gone, but they found right. something that, some records. A, a newspaper, a, clue, a newspaper article. Yes. So Nigel must have set fire to the house in order to cover up the killing. Mm-hmm. But that still meant that the slaves got sold. And they found records of some of them being sold, but not others. Yeah. Right. So what happened to them? Right, like Sarah was listed, but Joe and Hacker were not. Right. Um, everyone else was listed. 
Oh, and Nigel and Carrie were not either. So it's... And it's like you have this these facts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yet the facts are now that she has had this experience, they're almost nothing, right? right. They don't tell what these lives were like mm-hmm. after she left, after mm-hmm. the fire was mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think, mm-hmm. I always thought of it as, you know, as even as I just was talking about how we have to face our history, face our past, it also, this um, epilogue also suggests the ways that it's inaccessible to us. Forget the element. Right, 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 exactly. And, and, and that is why I think in terms of thinking about this as a contribution to history because I mean that's what that's what historians face all the time and, and particularly story historians who who think about black folks we there's in some senses a dearth of sources mm-hmm. and so how do you then piece together a comprehensive history when the sources are not even there so in some yes. some ways you have to do what Octavia Butler does is imagine, imagine. yes mm-hmm. actually that reminds us of the cool thing that we saw the buffalo um, oh archiving the buffalo yes and so basically she's looking at it wasn't called the world fair but whatever it was called in buffalo mm-hmm. um, and so she's looking at this like world fair that happened there and basically it was 19 19- 10, I think, or like mm-hmm. that. So they have these like three exhibits, right? So first they have this recreation of life in a village in Africa, um, and then they have a recreation of a slave plantation. Oh. But Buffalo at that time also had a small um, African American middle class mm-hmm. who also put on their own exhibit. Mm. So in this like space, Just in like this what like there's these. Like, what our life is like? So they were well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like photographs and like W. Du Bois was involved in mm-hmm. it, right? There's mm-hmm. all this stuff. So this work, this is a story in that Adriana is going to look up her name, but she basically is, imagines, right, these um, encounters that might have happened mm. with the black folks involved in those three spaces, oh, wow. right? And so she's like, she does have some archival material, but basically right. she's creating this musical because she has to use the archives to, like, imagine, yes. like, what that would have looked like. Mm-hmm. And it was this amazing, it was amazing, like, she was sort of talking about it, so we saw parts of the musical because it's still being developed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I love that sort of this mm-hmm. thing about thinking about sort of the historical imagination because we right. have to, right? right. Because mm-hmm. people didn't think that it was important to, mm-hmm. to document. Right, record stories or right. document, you know, right. some of that. Right. Um, yeah. Did you um, find So it? the scholar-artist Dr. Ama Y. Garte Tego Kutin, um, G-H-A-R-T-E-Y-T-A-G-O-E, and then Kutin is K-O-O-T-I-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's called uh, Performing the Archive at Buffalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at it. And up. so basically she's like finishing the musical and they're going to do it in Buffalo as like at least the first performance because mm-hmm. she wants to have it like yeah. in sight. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. it makes me think of um, Truyo's really beautiful mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. on silences in the archive. archive. Yes. Um, he's a historian who, I mean, I'm sure y'all read it, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. I came across it through American studies when I started teaching mm-hmm. methods. Mm-hmm. And we read this very short piece that's about the kind of five different levels of silences that mm-hmm. we get, which of course are more uh, relevant for disenfranchised communities. Right. Um, but the the silences of the stuff that's not even documented yeah. versus the kind of deliberate silences right. Right. Right, of the right. communities uh, when they were not counted as people, right? So no one, why, why are you going to document their right. lives? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So then you only have the people's tradition, you only have mm-hmm. their own, mm-hmm. their yeah. own narrative tradition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to the extent that those persist. Can, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but I think what's really like, um, I'd forgotten that the house broke down. I don't know why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like nice that his house also burned, like it, it was gone. Yeah. Like at least, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like poetic justice. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's not, his death is almost not enough to like right. really reckon with the violence. And of course, then I felt that and then I'm like, but all his slaves got sold. Right. right, so right. even that right. kind of reckoning right. feels, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a bittersweet kind mm-hmm. of ending, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think I was thinking when you were talking about you know some of the contemporary, um, you know, film and and, mm-hmm. and television narratives about slavery. Um, I was thinking about the temptation that we might have t- to sort of Django it where it turns into a sort of superhero <laughs> kind of thing yeah yes. yeah um, and this really mm-hmm. resists that can we make that a phrase in like <laughs> 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 just Django it yes. <laughs> well, I've, I've not seen that movie so <laughs> I, can, I, I think I know but yes <laughs> but yeah you know the, the, this this book really resisted there's no right there's no salvation there's no pretty end yeah Mm-mm. there's no one you know Dana is not coming to save you no and right. no one's coming to save her Right. right, and um, in the end, you go home with the scars on your body. You yes, know? yes. Um, and, and yeah. even though you couldn't really access it, you know, she could never have Alice's experience. She could never right. fully get it, mm-hmm. but you still go home with the scars Star. on your body. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. killing him, uh, it's hamstrung in the same way that Alice's conditions are hamstrung. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Either have sex with him uh, and be violated mm-hmm. consistently for many years mm-hmm. or be whipped mm-hmm. right? Right. and maybe die. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but Dana, yeah, so she doesn't have the option to do what Dana did. Right, right. exactly. Being, right. And to kill. Because she would move. She, yeah. Dana comes back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think she, we must, we, we assume that she knows if she kills him, she's going to come back. Yeah. Right. Right. Like right. She doesn't think I'm yeah. gonna kill him and be stuck. I think she doesn't know until the moment, right? Like it's. I think she wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So is that? So that is then a willingness I, to do that and maybe be caught there. I I feel I'm, I'm gonna go back to the text. Well, because I feel like at some point he had to die, right? Even if he lived to be a hundred and died of. I hope he died. Right. Yeah. So, but you're right. I think there was some question about whether. Because um, she. Up until that point, she needs to be in mortal fear. Right, go back, right. Um, and she's, I don't, I don't mm. know, is she, is she in mortal fear at that moment? I mean, it is interesting. Well, she, he's trying to rape her, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so she's not in mortal fear in part because she's still negotiating with him. Right. Um, he was not hurting me, would not hurt me right. if I remained as I was. That's on page 260. He was not his father. Um, I would never be to him what Tess had been to his father, a thing passed around like the whiskey jug at a husking. He wouldn't do that to me or sell me or no. And I feel like that no is really important. There's something that she's, she's convinced herself that, um, that she's different for him, that he does see her, that he understands her as human. And I think that no is actually like she realized no. No. You know, mm-hmm. that's not true. Right. Um, and that's the moment when... She, I, there's no, I don't see a recognition here that she might get stuck here, but there's also not a, a thought that like, this if is I the do way this, to go home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's um, in the moment. Right. Like I need to it's a refusal. Exactly. I mean, it's that yeah. moment of refusal and she's refusing something that Alice can't refuse. Right? Yeah. So in, in that moment, she is sort of, um, 
creating or constructing herself as the 1976 Dana mm-hmm. who can do that, mm-hmm. right? I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely right. Like, if she truly like remembered her 19th century conditions mm-hmm. she couldn't do this she couldn't mm-hmm. do that yeah and people tell her not to right it's, um, there's a couple a couple of the slaves that say don't do that mm-hmm. because we'll all be sold right, right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah which they were yeah which mm-hmm. they were which mm-hmm. they were yeah so we're at an hour oh, uh, of okay. our podcast what do you wow. think I mean, we'll edit some of that out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I the Russell, Russell, Russell. Good. That was great. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but People, also, yeah. Octavia Butler. Well, right. Is exactly. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Octavia Butler. I'm looking forward to meeting Jasmine Lawrence. Right. She's been on the list. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, what, that's what Crystal said. She's like, let me suggest this. <laughs> yes. Read. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So our next book. Yes. Jasmine Ward. Sing and Bird Sing. Yep. Yes. yes. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Won the National Book Award. Yeah. yeah. I've read the first 10 pages. Okay. Okay. And I want to read more. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's going to be good. I, I was, I was going to start reading it, but because I know a little bit about what it was about, I need to prepare myself um, emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, I'm not going to start it now, but this will give me the impetus to... Yes. Yes. What other things have you read, just as a kind of closeout, recently that mm. you think people should read? Uh, the Sympathizer, which I'm still reading. Oh, that's I'm, good. I'm starting it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I like the collection of stories too. Um, uh, what the heck is the name of the collection of stories? Uh, oh, oh, refugee. Yeah, refugees. Mm. Is that, is that the what refugee? I think okay. it's called. Mm. I like. I actually like the collection of stories a little bit better than. The oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't remember anybody's name, so we can look up. Do you remember the name? Uh, uh, Viet. Viet. Oh, Viet Tan Nguyen. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought you already said it. But that's no. what I did. <laughs> um, and the other book that I just read, actually, which I was thinking about, this notion of doors, um, mm. is Exit West. By. <laughs> Let me look it up. Mohsin Hamid, I think mm. how you say it. So basically he sort of imagines it's sort of set in like this country that you don't, he doesn't name a country. Basically the country starts to basically uh, like have a civil war and so mm. there's like war and these two young people who meet kind of at the start of the civil war. Um, and it turns out that they start hearing of stories of these doors, right? And basically these doors that take them to other places. Oh. Um, so basically it's kind of like a story of migration and a story yeah. of refugees, but yeah. there's sort of this like sci-fi element in terms mm-hmm. of the book, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the doors. Yeah. And when actually in another book group meeting about it, and we talked about like, he doesn't, like why have the door, right? Basically because having the door means that you don't actually hear about the journey. Mm. So basically they go from like this, you know, war ridden place to kind of, I think first they get to Greece and then they get to London and then they get to the US and they okay. use doors each time. Yeah. So we talked about like, why is that, mm. um, not part of it, and so you know, right. so, you know we had some so east, east exit west. Exit west. Um, so you know, and one of the things we talked about is like, like then, I mean, yes, right, the journey's perilous, and we sort of hear mm-hmm. stories about that, but it's also that it's not like once you get somewhere safer that it's like all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. right. That that's you know, so um, yeah, so that was really interesting. What about yeah. you? Uh, the book that I read this past semester that really rock me is uh, Kizzy Layman's mm. collection. Oh, awesome. uh, how to slowly cut yourself. I also yeah. have that. Yes. <laughs> haven't read it yet. So oh man, at least they it's like so it yeah. kills me. And mm-hmm. the and his novel Long Division. Mm. I don't know that I completely understand it, mm. but 
that's like the book that I read um, in the summer. I read that in the summer, okay. and I was just like, I am. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> and I really don't even I know what to say. I love books like that. Yeah, mm. and it's like I need to read this again and again yeah. and again. But it was at the same time when um, uh, everybody was talking about Paul Beatty's book, The The Sellout, mm. which I also read that, and it wasn't. Um, as high on it as other people were and then when I read Long Division I was like oh my god this this is the book that people wow. should be paying attention mm. to mm. you told sellout. me that before I tried to read the sellout did I don't you remember try, you did, you did I did it. I feel like I don't I didn't understand it totally I don't like it okay that's mm. fine I do feel like there's some narratives I'm increasingly impatient with I tried to read the next mm-hmm. um, and it's it's well written yeah. I'm like yeah it's, it's very okay. long it's long <laughs> but like I also like, couldn't get interested enough in the kinds of uh, conflicts that were driving the story. I'm like, yeah, I don't care enough about y'all. Really? Uh, Meanwhile, so like what I would, okay. We we have to disagree on that. Okay. Um, Colson Whitehead's Underground Railroad, which I read uh, last summer, Mm -hmm. I just found so amazing. Mm -hmm. And talk about a kind of science fiction. Yes. Have you read anything else by Colson Whitehead? No, so Mm -hmm. I have to go back to Sag Harbor maybe. Oh, Sag Harbor's good. The Intuitionist to me is like, Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite books, but not everyone likes it. So okay. and since you said that the Knicks was you didn't like it might be the mm-hmm. same thing. Okay. But I I love that book. I think it's genius. Okay, it's a book about elevator yeah. inspectors mm-hmm. and ra- Oh, see, I'm gonna love that. Okay. okay. Intuition. The intuitionist. intuitionist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the other thing I just read recently, it's a young adult novel, so it's a super easy read in some ways. Is I am not your perfect Mexican oh, daughter no, I was thinking of by Erica. Different. You'll you'll be able to tell your one by Erica Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, and it's like bookstore. yeah, is it's it good? really it is. Okay. Um, because it um, you know in some ways it's this very American story of living in poverty in Chicago uh, with this Mexican family that's basically dealing with the death of the older daughter. Mm -hmm. And in comparison to the older daughter, she is Hmm. not good, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) But she's also the one that likes to read and imagines going to college and wants to get out of there. Hmm. Um, And it's really serious. Like, I thought it was just, this is going to sound terrible. But I'm like, it's a young adult novel. It will not have any of those, like, tough nuggets of human experience that I'm going to cry over. And of course it did. It had tough nuggets of human experience that I was like, why are you making like, you- me <laughs> cry like this? <laughs> Don't I'm die. surprised you go into anything thinking that you won't cry, but okay. <laughs> I cry at everything during yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Alright, yeah, so you're looking it up right well, now. Well, so there there's a theme, the books that I have on my shelf that I need to read, and then the book <laughs> the book that I actually read. So I'll talk about the <laughs> I'll talk about the book that I actually read first and I am trying to find the book that's on my shelf. So the book that I actually read um, this semester, I so also read it again with my students, um, but it connects to our our discussion. Here is Christina uh, Sharps on blackness and being, which um, thinks about the ways in which uh, the transatlantic slave trade um, kind of continues to ma- the impact of it conti- continues to manifest itself in contemporary Black life, and so she uses uh, the literal and uh, material kind of metaphors in the wake on blackness and being the uh, metaphor of of the slave ship so the ship the hold the weather um and the wake to think what about discipline is 
history? No, it's not history. It's, it's sort of like the critical theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She wrote another book called Monstrous Intimacies, which yes. is really awesome, too. Yes. Um, which is actually about, like, um, slavery and then, like, mm-hmm. basically the sort of intimate spaces between black women and um, white families in wow. the slave and domestic space. Yes. Okay. It is really good, too. So she's like... It's it's up here, yeah. but it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. it in the wake too, and I'm like chomping at the bit to read it. Yes, and find yes. a way to get it into a class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I brought it into um, to my introduction to African American history class because it has been my um, kind of goal as I think about and teach Black history to really reckon with the legacy of slavery. Mm-hmm. And so I was using that book as kind of an introductory theoretical foundation for the class as we move through mm-hmm. Black history from Reconstruction to the present. And so um, we began with it, and the students were really, the book really had a major impact mm-hmm. on them um, because Christina Sharp has a way of bringing in um, personal narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cultural criticism um, and the present moment to really help us understand the impact of of slavery. Um, so, and she also has a very particular way of uh, thinking about how now to reckon with slavery called wake work. Um, and so, mm-hmm. what is the work that we need to do to kind of reckon with the impact? And she labels that wake work, and mm-hmm. the students kind of grapple with that mm-hmm. the entire uh, semester. So that was great. And why is this book not in my? Keep talking because I'm gonna find <laughs> it because. Oh, were you also thinking of a young adult book? It's a young adult book. Okay. It's a young adult book about a young a young black girl dealing with like race and racism in this contemporary moment. And I have the cover of the... It's the, not the hate you give. The hate you give. Yeah. It is the hate you that's give. That's also on my list. <laughs> Maybe that's Every next book you mentioned on my list. Yes, that, yeah. that's, I bought that. Okay. <laughs> have lots of books Maybe that after I've Jasmine. Yeah. Yes. Put that, yeah. I'll put that I, on the I list. I have a lot of interesting books that I'd love to be on the list. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so good. That's a, that's a good-ass list. I, saw, yeah. I just, yeah. I've seen it. I haven't read it yet, but I've, I've like, read, uh, heard a lot about it. Yeah. But also, I have to say, like, um, I don't read a lot of young adults. <laughs> Me either. But I feel like they're doing some good. really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I assigned some for my first-year seminar last year. Mm-hmm. And all around kind of issues of race. We mm-hmm, read, um, mm-hmm. what was that really great one? And it's this, like, Latino kid, and it's, like, Aristotle and Dante discover the universe, I think. Mm. Did you ever talk about that? that. Oh, okay. Mm. It's really, yeah, like, Mm. that was really good. And then one, um, I'll look it up, because I've, like, read a bunch, and I was, like, yeah, I was, like, Mm -hmm. hmm. (laughs) Thanks, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Why should be good? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I feel like you and Nico sort of got me to some of them. Yeah, and now he's older, and he, like, started to read both things on his own, and Mm. then, you know, regular adult books. (laughs) (laughs) I have, like, little quotations. Not adult book in that sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, learning. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've told you that I, like, read a lot of Sydney Shalda books as a, like, as a teenager. Because my dad would take them out of the library, Mm. and I was never restricted to what I could read or couldn't read. Yeah, I was reading, my grandmother read all of Terry McMillan, so I was reading Terry McMillan. That's yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
right, so we wrapping it up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. yes. Great. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Yes. We'll join you again at some future moment. Yes. I don't yes. know. Or maybe it'll all come out at once. We don't even you know. We don't even know. <laughs> we're the word out. That's all good. We're the drip. We're the drip. The drip. <laughs> The Drip is recorded live at Lake Coffee House on Lake Street in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Our theme music is KG House with a little clip of 1234 used through Creative Commons license. We'll see you back in February when we'll be reading Jesmyn War's National Book Award winning Sing Unburied Sing. And lastly, a shout out to my man Nate Hill. I don't care what Adriana says. I love the Knicks. See ya. And if the hippies and the yippies And if the hippies and the yippies And if the hippies and the yippies